Welcome to the Northwestern Masters of the Arts and Sports Administration Revenue Above Replacement Podcast. I'm Bryce Clinton, and I'm joined by Adam Grossman. We have an excellent show today, and Adam has a great interview with Marcus Colston. Marcus is well known as a football player. Adam, can you give us more background around that playing career? As a small school prospect and seventh round draft pick by the New Orleans Saints, not much was expected of Marcus as an NFL player. His ability to understand the nuances of the wide receiver position allowed him to make an immediate impact. He developed a keen understanding of how to fit into every uh, role in multiple contexts of an offensive game plan and how to leverage his instincts and strengths to exploit the weaknesses of his opponents. That approach allowed Marcus to strive for a decade in a role that became vital to the team's success. He retired in 2015 as a Super Bowl champion and franchise leader in almost every single receiving category. What I found really interesting from the interview was that in his post-playing career, Marcus has leveraged his experience to consult and advise companies sort of at the intersection of sports, health, wellness, technology, and, and media. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, Adam? Yeah, while he was still an NFL player, Marcus leaned on the, the tools that we uh, talked about in the introduction to start a second career in business. Over the last 15 plus years, he has developed a multidimensional understanding of the business world through his experience as an entrepreneur, investor, advisor, pro sports owner, owner and executive. Combining his instincts and problem solving skills with operational experience, Marcus helps clients navigate complex challenges to maximize their performance as well as the performance of their organization. As a speaker and as a coach, he's been featured at several business conferences and summits where he shares insights about business success, leadership, team building, and individual performance improvement. The theme that's emerged from this description and from the conversation that I have with Marcus is athletes, particularly whether they're NFL players or through other sports, want to be involved in business and have relationships with business that go beyond their celebrity and their impact as a professional athlete. They want to have real and tangible impact on the organizations that they're a part of. And that's something that Marcus and I describe in more detail in the podcast. Yeah, that's a really interesting piece of the interview around you know, how those, those athletes can get involved beyond that. So we all look forward to, the, to this interview with Marcus Colson. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Northwestern Masters of Sports Administration uh, Revenue Above Replacement podcast. We're excited to be talking with uh, Marcus Colston. Uh, Marcus, um, many of our students will know who you are, uh, but it'd be great to get a little bit of a background about you um, and what you've done on and off the field uh, to get the podcast started. Sure. First and foremost, I appreciate you having me. Um, so I'm a, I'm a former NFL athlete. I played uh, 10 years all with the New Orleans Saints. I uh, was fortunate enough to be on, on a Super Bowl winning team after my fourth season. Um, so that, that's kind of how most people know me. What, what a lot of people don't know is that um, about four years into my career, I actually started to, to venture into business um, as, a, as an entrepreneur, as an angel investor. And for the last 10 to 15 years, I've kind of carved out a, a space and a niche uh, at the intersection of sports and technology, um, invested in a, a handful of companies, uh, started two or three companies, and, um, you know, also kind of got my hands a little bit dirty in, in the venture capital game. So, um, you know, throughout that whole process, I really leveraged um, all of the things that, that the intangibles, the mindset, the, the approach that, that actually helped me become 
um, a really good professional athlete. I've, I've tried to package all, all those things up and, and lead them, um, lead with them into, into business. And uh, it's, been, it's been a fun journey so far. Yeah, and I think, you know, we want to talk about both the on-field and off-field, but maybe you can go into uh, a little bit more on the off-field side in terms of the things that you've invested in, particularly from the health, wellness um, space and some of the other companies that you, you've gotten involved with. For sure. Um, so I've, I've, uh, I've invested in, in more operational companies as, as well as, uh, you know, venture companies. Uh, my, my first actual uh, venture was while I was still playing, uh, I bought into, I invested into a, a uh, indoor football, a professional indoor football team uh, that was actually in my hometown. So uh, uniquely, I, I, would, I would go down to New Orleans, play my season in the fall, uh, fly back to, to Pennsylvania in the spring and, you know, buckle down and, and figure out how to sell sponsorships, put together marketing. Uh, ticket sales packages, um, football business ops. So it was just a, it was a really good entry point for me to to get into business and, and something that I kind of knew really well. I knew intimately the game of football, but what I didn't know was the the, the front office. And and for me, it was a really interesting experience in that while I was still playing, I got a chance to get that unique um, perspective from the ownership and the in the. Um, uh, the management perspective. So it really helped me to, it helped accelerate my, my learning curve um, in terms of business. And from there, um, I, I just started to kind of push the envelope a little bit more. I, I got into uh, companies that were around uh, uh, data analysis and performance. Um, at that point, it was, I guess, the, the 2012, 2013 uh, sports science was, was kind of the thing. It was just coming of age. Um, so I got, got involved in, in some sports science companies and, you know, I was always interested in it from, from more a, a health and wellness and, and really, uh, injury prevention standpoint, um, just being someone that, that played a violent game, um, found myself on the operating table way too, too often, um, <laughs> way, way more than I ever wanted to be. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of, it, it's, it's sparked my interest because it was it was an area that I saw the ability to to create longevity in my career and as I was kind of searching for longevity in my career I kind of found my second career which is interesting yeah and I, I want a couple of points you brought up there that I want to jump into but the the first one is the you know a lot of our students are focused on working for a team, and you mentioned some of the when you were work, you know playing for the Saints and coming back into Philadelphia, you were talking about selling sponsorships, ticket sales. So one, um, you know, what was it like being a player and then going on to the business side and the business operation side? Uh, and two, what what were some of the challenges or opportunities that you saw in the Arena Football League when you're talking about those different revenue streams? Yeah, I mean, the, the most challenging thing was they, they didn't care what I did on Sundays in the fall. Um, so it, it, was, it was interesting that I was able to go from being a professional athlete that was very visible, um, you know, had marketing opportunities on my own, but had to kind of really peel all of that away and kind of learn how to run the business from the ground up. So um, it, was, it was challenging in that aspect. And you know, when, when you're an investor and, and you know, the, the money, if, if you don't 
hit your hit your your revenue goals and the money's coming out of your own pocket um it forces you to learn a little quicker but um <laughs> yeah that that was that was just a, a, a it was an interesting learning curve for me um i was able to to really take a lot of um my experience just just from a fan's perspective and and an athlete perspective and project them into the business um you know so it it was it was <laughs> it was just one of those experiences where um you kind of <laughs> thought you knew but when when you you know put the the financials in front of you you put the you you got to build the the plan from scratch uh you start to figure out how much you really don't know and then you got to kind of accelerate to to keep pace with everyone else that you're ultimately competing with Yeah, and that leads to another question. You know, a lot of the students in our program are either current athletes or former athletes. And you've mentioned this already, and, and you have some really great content on your uh, website. But how do you think being an athlete in terms of the things that you learn, particularly given, you know, your background of not being necessarily the most highly recruited athlete coming out of uh, high school and then, you know, being a uh, seventh round pick, um, to the point, in, you know, how did, how do you think that background and even including, you know, one of the uh, stories that showed up in the research is obviously in your first year on the Saints that Bill Parcells, you know, after a preseason game basically said you were the only good player on the Saints team and on the Saints roster at the time. Um, so how have you leveraged all of that experience, you know, from that to either on the field, but then off the field too? How have you leveraged your experience being an athlete to achieve success on and off the field? For honestly, it's, it's been my bridge. Um, you know, being an athlete uh, at its core is is having this 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 foundational belief in yourself and your ability, but it's also having this belief in in your work ethic and understanding that um, if you put in the work, uh, you make the sacrifices, you outwork, you out strategize, you set yourself up for success. And um, you know that's kind of the the part on the surface, but but what you don't really start to think about. What people, what a lot of people don't think about is, it's not it's a a um, it's not instant gratification. Um, you put in the work, you know. You start in an off season that you know begins in in uh, February, and you're putting in work all the way until training camp begins in in August, right? So this it's a long tail um, strategy of kind of investing the time, investing the resources uh, to get better, and you don't really get a chance to see the fruits of that labor until September hits. So when you think about it from that perspective, um, you know, it's, it, it really became my bridge and having that mentality and, and that understanding, um, as I got into the business world, I came in, um, you know, knowing that I had a lot to learn, but also knowing that I was motivated enough to put in the work. Um, I was, I came in humble enough to, to ask the questions that I didn't understand and humble enough to um, surround myself with people that, that I, I, I thought were smarter than, than I was at that time. And, you know, I just put in the work and it was a progression. And, um, you know, eventually I kind of, I kind of caught my stride and I was able to really accelerate because I put the work in on the front end. And, mm-hmm. you know, the other thing that really prepares you from an athletic perspective is the ability to, to, to take on adversity and, and midstream adjust. Um, you know, that's, that's business in a nutshell, right? So you, you come in, you, you game plan all week and, and you're expecting to get this one particular, um, 
look or this one particular strategy and expecting it to work and you line up and it's a totally different strategy. And it's like, what do I do? Right. Um, you know, so yeah, being able to come in, put in the work, put in the preparation, but also have enough peripheral awareness to be able to be agile and adjust on the fly. Um, that's what being an athlete taught me. And that's what helped me kind of bridge the gap from my, my playing career to my business career. Yeah. And building off that, you know, you talk about midstream adjustments and looking at data and information and financial metrics. Can you talk about, um, particularly now off the field, kind of what kind of data information metrics are you looking at um, in, in kind of your day-to-day work, working with your companies and working, um, you know, working to build the businesses that you're a part of? Yeah, for for sure. Um, there, there's there's one company in particular that that I'm I'm really excited about. Um, it's a it's a startup I'm working on called Compete, and um, we're in the the data and analytics space more from the youth and amateur um, sports world. So I mean, I grew up playing sports from the from the time I was seven. I played you know I played football, played basketball, ran track, you know, kind of ran the gamut. Um, and what's different was obviously different from the time that I was growing up till, till now is the ability to, and the really the, the, the priority that, that data, you know, has, has been the priority that's been placed on the data. Um, and, you know, the one thing that we don't really have is the ton of data around the youth and amateur sports leagues. Um, you've seen a lot of movement in the space where, you know, companies are coming in and they see, um, they see the, the, the revenues and they see the opportunity around, you know, scheduling and registration and, um, you know, really from a, a, a parents and, and a parental and guidance perspective and trying to streamline the processes. Um, but I think there's a really interesting opportunity in the talent evaluation space uh, because it is so fragmented because, you know, there, there are, you know, athletes that play multiple sports um, and as somebody that, that I felt um, in my in my recruiting journey and my my evaluation journey, I felt that I had really um, really strong metrics and really strong numbers. Um, probably lack visibility. Um, it's something that's really important to me, which is is really leveling the playing field and letting the data do the do the talking and and hopefully um, you know creating more objective data so that. Um, kids and parents understand how they need to progress and how they need to reach their goals and objectives. But also as talent evaluators, you can get a, a, a much, a much more fair shake at, at uh, recruiting and evaluating talent. And on that front, um, you talked about data and the use of data. Um, what are some of the trends that you're seeing, you know, whether it's looking at athletes or, or, in the types of businesses you're evaluating more generally, what trends are you seeing? What is the impact of data and technology and some of the things that you're looking at right now? Yeah. I mean, data, data has kind of become, it's it's become the through line in in everything sports related. Um, You know, you're looking at data that's, it's, it's driving the the sports betting industry, which is, is is exploded as each, um, you know, state kind of figures out their, their regulations and legislation. Um, it's been, you know, I, I think a, it's been a, a staple in the, the recruiting and talent evaluation space. 
Um, you've seen that more at the collegiate and the professional ranks, you know, just because, I mean, there, there's just a different level of resources there. Um, you know, you, you're seeing the sport radars of the world that, that you know, are, are, are fueling a bunch of companies across a bunch of different industries with data. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's become the through line in sports and, you know, even down to, to fan engagement and, and next gen stats. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought I would see, you know, data to, to the level that I'm seeing in a, in a sports broadcast. So um, it's, it's, it's gone from something that, that was only for the sports scientists to something that, that everyone has to engage and interact with. And um, the more access and the more accessible the data becomes, I think the more people are going to be able to interact and engage with it. And we're going to keep seeing, um, you know, innovative solutions and innovative tools come about to, to help people digest it a little bit easier. And speaking of, of data uh, and athletes, um, you know, the where data has gone in terms of wearable technology and in terms of the amount of data, and you mentioned some of, some of the technology platforms already, but how prevalent or how much in conversations are athletes aware of, you know, whether it's Catapult or Whoop or some of the other technology and data, how, how aware do you think athletes are and how much did that change while you were playing versus, you know, where things are now? Yeah, I, I think athletes at this day and age are, are very aware. Um, they're very aware of the, the data that's being uh, accumulated, the, the data that's being, being produced. And um, I think more, more than anything else, uh, who owns that data? Um, you know, that's a conversation that, that I think has, has been going on for, for some time. Um, as somebody that, that, you know, former athlete, um, but also worked uh, with, with the, the NFLPA um, on their, their one team collective initiative and now on the, the um, Players Incorporated Advisory Committee. I mean, that's, that's, a, constant, um, that's a constant conversation, um, you know, because, you know, from the, from the player standpoint, um, you, you want to be able to utilize your data to obviously get yourself better um, and, and, you know, stay, you know, keep injuries at bay, um, optimize your performance, you know, manage all the things that are going to, again, allow you to elongate your career. Um, but you also know on the other side of the coin, um, you've got management and you've got people that need to make financial decisions around, um, you know, roster moves and, um, you know, the, the data is just saying the data doesn't lie. So, um, you know, as an athlete, you just always want to be in control of the data that you're producing. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's the one thing that, that I think, you know, will continue to be, um, you know, a constant discussion and constant dialogue because like we just talked about, I mean, you're seeing more and more opportunities to monetize the data um, and put it to use. And as the, the, the kind of the sole producer of the data, you just want to be able to, you know, get, get access and get your fair share. You mentioned One Team Collective and Players, Inc. and, you know, some of the things that the NFLPA has done. Um, and that leads me to another question, uh, you know, particularly from an off-field perspective. As an athlete, you get potentially access to deals or get access to opportunities, um, whether it's through One Team or the Players Impact that is an investor in my company, Block 6 Analytics, and it's one of the ways that we originally met. But from your perspective, what do you see as the advantages of being an athlete off the field from an investment perspective, or are there expectations that you, the people, uh, let's say from my side of the table, so to speak, 
are, you know, when you're, when you're interacting with entrepreneurs or uh, investors as an athlete, what do you think, uh, how has that experience been and how has that kind of impacted your thought process and decision-making? It, it's been, it's been across the board, to be honest with you. I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, being able to come in, being able to, to, um, you know, have the, the platform that a professional athlete brings, um, it'll, it absolutely allows you to get in the doors that, that normally wouldn't be accessible to you. Um, you know, so that, that's been, you know, being able to, to kind of squeeze your way in those doors, learn and, and kind of expand your horizons, um, from that, from that perspective, it's been really valuable to me. Um, but what you see on the other side of the doors is, is, you know, some of the downside, right. Um, you know, there's a lot of, of entrepreneurs and a lot of folks that, that, um, you know, there's kind of this built in, um, there's always kind of this, this brand ambassador marketing first mentality to where, um, you know, I have this, this great idea and I want to leverage you and your platform to bring it to the market. Um, but you don't necessarily, there's a lot of folks that don't come into the conversations with an open mind and understand that there's other value that can be provided as well. So, um, you know, just like anything else, it, it's, it's, you always want to be engaged with folks that, that have an open-minded perspective, um, don't come in with preconceived notions and assumptions. And, and um, you know, there has to be a humility on both sides to, to really understand um, individual perspectives and, and approaches. And um, those have been the most, the most uh, valuable conversations that I've had is, is folks that um, yes, they see the marketing and they, they see the, the, the visibility and reach, but they also ask questions around, you know, the things that I'm interested in, my other experiences. And when you have holistic discussions like that from both sides, I mean, it just makes more valuable partnerships. Yeah, absolutely. And that goes into the follow-up, which is, you know, um, from a challenges perspective, you know, that is one of the challenges, obviously, is being an athlete and having to deal with people who aren't necessarily interested from a holistic view. What are some of the other challenges or, you know, some of the most significant challenges you've faced, uh, particularly off the field and in the transition off the field? I know that's, and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, what you're doing with Columbia from the executive education program perspective, but first kind of, you know, what are some of the challenges that you face transitioning from on field to off field and, um, you know, what are some of the challenges that you face just from a business perspective in terms of being a, a small business owner and, and investor? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, from, from the investor standpoint, um, there, there's no, there's no off switch. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, a lot of folks approach you, um, any way they can get to you. So deal flow becomes, you know, uh, DMS on your Instagram, it becomes LinkedIn, <laughs> it becomes, you know, if you got a website, they're blowing your contact form up. So there is no off switch. Once you, once you deploy capital, once you're like always an investor, no matter no, what you do. Yeah. No good dude goes unpunished. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, it's, it's been, a, it's been a bit of a challenge to try to unwind like that, that narrative. Um, but you know, it, it, it comes with the territory. You see some really good opportunities, but you know, you ask any VC, um, anyone that that's a professional investor, um, nine out of 10 of those opportunities are, are not going to be, um, you know, they're not going to pan out, but, uh, you know, it, it becomes a little bit different when 
it's not a process. It's not a, 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 a you know, a deal flow funnel or intake process. It's a, it's a one on, it's a one-to-one communication. And um, you know, that no is a lot harder than, you know, getting one of your analysts to send out an email to say, you know, we're going to pass on this because it doesn't really fit our investment thesis and X, Y, Z. That DM, I'll, I'll pass that. That's a lot harder to write. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, so you got, you got that, that challenge. And then, you know, just kind of in my transition. So I, I went from, you know, investor to advisor to small business owner. Um, you know, you're just always fighting, fighting that, that perspective and that, that preconceived notion that, um, you know, you're not necessarily building a scalable business as much as you are just kind of supporting a, a hobby. Mm. Um, and you're always going to keep self-funding it and you're, you know, it's just, there's a lot of, of preconceived um, opinions about, about athletes, I think at times. And I think the narrative is changing a bit. Um, you know, but it's, it's just, um, it, it comes with education just like anything else. And, and I mean, you, you mentioned Columbia and that was kind of the driving force uh, for, for, for me to try to drive that partnership through is because, you know, you see a bunch of athletes that, that are getting into the space, but what you don't see is um, the teams change, right? So you, you have the, the, the contract agent, you got the marketing agent, um, you have the financial advisor, um, but no one else in your corner in your ecosystem is really motivated or um, nobody's really happy that you're out, you know, investing in private companies because no, no, they don't get to eat off of it. Yeah. Um, you know, the marketing agent wants you, wants to get you into the brand ambassador deals because they, you know, they get some, some cash off the table. Uh, they get a commission on, on cash deals, but nobody wants to take that, that seven to 10 year ride with you. Uh, <laughs> they're not motivated to. So um yeah, it's just been important for me to to continue to try to try to educate, uh, drive education around it. And if you're going to get in the game, um, you know, just uh, just come in with a, a foundational knowledge to su- to supplement, you know, everything that the intangibles that you can bring as an athlete. Hey, can you tell a little bit more about what you do with the Columbia uh, Executive Education Program, particularly um, the venture side of it, you know, how you're helping athletes look at and evaluate deals, uh, particularly ones that haven't necessarily been in the space before? For sure. Um, yeah, so, so that, that program um, came together through, through a partnership, I think, in 2018. And um, it, it was my, myself and, and a couple partners, one, one partner, um, uh, Erica Dignan. Uh, I've been working with her since about 2012. She runs uh, a, a venture fund called uh, Rain Ventures and uh, Angel Investment Network uh, called A Thousand Angels. And we we had always we had connected around this concept um, that you know athletes can bring um, they can bring value to the ecosystem, and it's it's more than just capital. Um, so we, we connected around that in, in 2012 and just kind of stayed in touch over the years, um, you know, done some other, other deals and and done some other work together. And when the opportunity presented itself in 2018 at at Columbia, um, what we wanted to do was, was put together a program that, um, you know, helped, helped the, the professional athlete community just get a better feel for, uh, developing their own process to evaluate deals um because you 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 talk about due diligence a bunch you talk about evaluating deals a bunch 
But the reality is there, there's very few folks, even, you know, professional investors, there's very few folks that, that have their, their own process that that's kind of been, um, it, it's kind of to, through their perspective and through their lens. So we saw an opportunity to, to take a, a group that was getting more and more active in venture and, and in angel investments and, you know, just bring every, bring the community together in a way that uh, we can think about how do we develop the, the right investment process um, for yourself? How do you put together an investment strategy? Um, because, I mean, the, the reality is if you're going to be an angel investor, um, you got to you got to invest in a ton of companies. You got to invest in, you know, 20, 30 companies to, to really play play the odds. Right. Because that's that's what that's what it becomes. So. It's just really developing that foundational knowledge to where you can come in uh, to a deal, uh, you can get a deal presented to you, and you're able to to, to evaluate it to a certain degree. Um, ultimately, we we our goal wasn't to tell people what they should be investing in, but to give people kind of a process and a rubric uh, to to you know create a, a more, a more predictable and a, and a more uh, replicatable filter at the end of the day. So that again, those, those Instagram DM uh, pitches, you know, the, you, you can filter a lot more of the opportunities that you really shouldn't be evaluating in the first place and focus on the handful that, that you really should be taking a deep dive in. Yeah. And the last question for you um, has to do with what's going on right now uh, in terms of the coronavirus and the impact of the coronavirus. So, how, how has the coronavirus impacted you? And do you see any kind of trends emerging either the sports industry or just, in, you know, from your experience more generally uh, from the coronavirus and its impact? Yeah. I mean, this is, this has been, um, it's been a crazy two, two and a half, three months. Um, you know, for me personally, um, you know, I've been in the process of, of actually launching a, a kind of a, a personal services business. Um, and, and my number one, uh, service and, and revenue stream was going to be public speaking. So <laughs> yeah. clearly that's, that's, that's not a thing right now. So um, I've kind of been in, in a mode where I've been, been starting to pivot and I had to quickly pivot and, and start to kind of figure out how else can I go about, um, you know, kind of getting the word out and, and growing that business. Um, you know, so that's, that's kind of been what, what my two and a half months has looked like. Um, you know, between that and just juggling, I've, I've got an eight-year-old and a five-year-old here. So um, working my way through second grade, uh, yeah. common core math. <laughs> um, so it's just, it's just been a balancing act, um, you know, for me and, and just trying to figure out, um, you know, how can I just get the most out of, out of every day? How can I be more efficient? Um, so it's, it's, it's made me focus and slow down a bit. And, and for that, I'm thankful, um, you know, but, but, in terms of, of, you know, it's, I think, longer lasting impacts, specifically on the sports world. Um, I, I think we kind of started the conversation talking about data. Um, I think data is going to become more and more important, um, you know, on the heels of this, just because so much of sports, specifically evaluation, is still um, the eye test, right? Uh, if you look at the way that, that, um, even at the, the highest levels, you would look the way that, that uh, executives and, and managers evaluate talent. There's still this physical eye test that they have to pass. And I think more than anything else, this thing has woken us up to 
um, you know, this heightened awareness just around, you know, being self-aware, being aware of your surroundings. So um, I think as we come out of this, you're, you're going to see um, industries that traditionally shied away uh, from data kind of lean into it a little further and, you know, just trying, trying to figure out ways to use technology to, um, to, to uh, if not maintain productivity, um, increase productivity. Because I think there have been some companies that, that, you know, with all their employees working from home, you know, have been able to, through, through platforms like Zoom and platforms like Slack, Trello, um, have been able to, to produce and, and um, have been able to get a lot out of their employees, if not more out of their employees. So, um, yeah, I think, I think data and software will continue to, to accelerate to the forefront. And I think uh, sports, you're going to see, you know, just a higher adoption rate of these types of of technologies uh, and data use, even in preparation, uh, game plan preparation, evaluation, and and those types of uh, uses. Well, Marcus, this has been a great conversation. We really appreciate the time. Um, Thank you for being uh, on the podcast and, uh, you know, really appreciate all your insights, uh, both from your on-field and off-field experiences. I appreciate you having me, man.